We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. And welcome to the Codex Cantina, where I am Una. And I was drinking, so you're going to have to wait for me. Ooh, crypto! (laughs) If you are new to the Codex Cantina, we take some of the most important literature that has influenced even today's writers. If you are down for a conversational approach to literature, hit that subscribe button to join us. And as always, we start off with publication information. A Day's Wait by Ernest Hemingway was published in 1933. But you don't have to wait, because we'll leave a link down in the description below where you can read for free. So this story was recommended to us, and I guess doing a little bit of research, it's very common for this to be assigned for English as a second language learners, which is quite interesting, because usually when you think of Hemingway, you think of you know, these big literary figures that are difficult to tackle, and you have to, you know, have studied them to really understand them. Well, today, I think we're going to go through an interesting piece on some topics that I think we all can relate to dealing with communication and miscommunication, in a sense, too, between a father and son. I love how meta this story is, right? They use these in the ESL classes to teach about communication. It's brilliant. Good, good, good lesson planning there by the teachers. So we start off with plot here, and we have an unnamed narrator, the father of the story, and he has his nine-year-old son nicknamed Shots, and notices one morning that his son has become ill. He urges his son to go back to bed. Uh, the boy denies that he's not sick until the father feels his forehead and feels that, oh, he does actually indeed have a fever. Doctor comes, takes the temperature, and the boy has a fever of 102 degrees. When the doctor leaves, the father then reads a story to the son about pirates, Uh, He notes that the boy looks very pale and really isn't paying attention to him at all. And then the father eventually heads outside um, with his dog to go hunting and yada, yada, yada. When the father returns home, we realize that the boy is not allowed anybody into his room whatsoever. They take his temperature again, and it's 102.4 degrees this time. And the boy asks him, you know, about his temperature. He's like, Dad, you know, how am I doing? What's going on? And the father's like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't worry about it. You're fine. You're fine. And just gives him his next dose of medicine. After the father gives him the next dose of medicine, the boy gets a little bit curious of kind of what's going on and asks his father, um, am I going to die uh, so the boy is kind of catching on that he's you know more ill than what the father has led him to believe. So we have this communication going on between father and son, and the father realizes that the son has spent the whole day kind of wanting to die. And then we kind of have almost like a surprise at the end of the story where they explain the difference in thermometers of the the Fahrenheit and the Celsius degrees and uh, the, the miscommunication that's been going on here. So for analysis, let's talk about this to begin with is, like you said, it's a first-person narration from the father's perspective. And I think this does a really good job of shielding us from information, right? This story is all about that twist 
where we don't realize really what's irking the sun for a long time until we get to the end. And it's only through the ignorance, in a sense, the unawareness of the father, can we really pull that off from a writing perspective. Yeah, so we see this lack of communication between these two that the the father assumes that the boy knows what he's talking about, and then also that the son assumes that the father would give him all the information because he is treating him. So here's a question for you. Do you think the father cares for the boy? We were led to believe this in the story, sure. Right, he stays with him, takes care of him, reads while the boy is sick in bed, makes sure to set the alarm and take notes in a notebook that, you know, when he's taken his medicine... But at the same time, isn't it a little bit strange that he kind of, I guess the boy is rather sick, doesn't feel down, but he goes out and goes hunting. I think some people will probably condemn the father and say, well, why would you leave your son at a time when he's sick to go hunting like that? And then the son, do you think the son has any affection for his father? I think that he does. I think that he's growing a little bit resentful because in his mind, he feels like his dad is not taking it as serious as he should from his perception of how things are going because he does know how he feels. And at least from our point of view of the information we've gained, the boy seems a lot sicker than the father may be letting on. And I think it's hard to kind of guess at how the boy feels because the boy shows some maturity with saying he's not going to allow anyone into the room. He doesn't want anyone else to get sick. That shows that he does care about others, right? He even tells the father, well, you know, don't, if it's going to bother you, you don't have to stay, father. You know, like he's kind of kind of playing the martyr a little bit. But at the same time, to your point about the father, the boy is also hiding his feelings. And we see that in the story because the father doesn't acknowledge it much. And only through the father do we experience the story. And I think to your point as, you know, being a young boy, when you're injured, rub some dirt in it, suck it up, right? Don't complain. And here's this boy who literally thinks he's dying and doesn't tell his father, tells his father, well, I don't want you to get sick. You can go out of the room. He's literally in his mind thinking he's going to die. This is his last day. Hence the title of the story, A Day's Wait. This is his last day. And he doesn't, he doesn't even cry or really expound upon how he's truly feeling to his father yeah i think that this really articulates the idea of in our society how much a young boy has to prove to himself to be a man that he can handle burden alone that he can isolate himself and his feelings from everybody else including his father and i can do it by myself and that's something that i think has been ingrained into uh, the american ideal of a man's man right and that's a good question i guess for the audience out there if you are not from america you know, how have you seen some cultural norms and expectations put on men? Because in America, that's kind of told to most guys, suck it up, don't complain. You know, if you complain, we're going to make fun of you and almost bully you in some some situations. So, you know, that's obviously a conversation that's also happening here of how do maybe different cultures experience things, or at least how do different cultures measure things? Because that's where we have the Celsius scale and the Fahrenheit scale play the big one you know big trick the ripping the the curtain away to say oh well celsius is measured on different levels than fahrenheit is in terms of how we report the actual temperature yeah and this part of the end of the story really 
hits home that clear miscommunication that's happened through the entire thing. And it was all a huge misunderstanding. And that that's something that is also that is a concern between parents and their children, right? Is if you misconstrue or miscommunicate something, it could have dire effects on them. But I think this also maybe highlights the boy's innocence, right? He is trying to do the best that he can with imperfect knowledge, and the father is doing the best that he can to, in a sense. And maybe we can condemn him for going out and not taking care of his son and hunting, but we don't know whether they needed food for the hunting or whether this was something that they had to get out and do, otherwise there's going to be problems. I think this is Hemingway and his pithiness. It's going to leave a lot to the reader to pass his own judgment, to pass his own expectations on how people ought to behave and to your point there at the end of the story the father does finally explain to him and you almost feel this sense of relief happen and wash over the kid and he gets to relax and go back to being a kid again right he doesn't have to worry about the big looming thing of death which should be something that only you know older people have to deal with that you know very very serious nature of life well there you go when people say Ernest Hemingway has no happy endings. Here's your story. We have we have somewhat of a hopeful note at the end of a Hemingway piece, finally. We have one example. <laughs> <laughs> if Better you guys than zero, right? If you guys want to follow along for other Hemingway talks that we've had, we've got a playlist down below. Crypto, let's move into our very subjective ratings, which shouldn't mean anything on an objective level. Just how did this hit you in the story? This story is purely for a teachable moment, very clear cut on its its goals of what it's trying to do. I commend those teachers that are using it in the um, English as Second Language uh, learners classes. It's going to help them with some very tough words and understanding communication. But as somebody that goes into stuff that's really, really, you know, in depth here on this channel, uh, I didn't personally get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I think that it's a, a one-trick pony, uh, so I'm just going to give it probably a four, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five, because it does have some merit to it. Okay. You know, for me, it's a very quick read. You know, there's not a lot of investment to that. So I can't say you can hold too much against the story for, for not delivering. But I will say that's something that I think as as a man, I have seen some of those things where you're expected to suck it up and you don't express yourself. And sometimes it does get you into that emotional boiling pot where the water's boiling and you didn't even realize how much you were bottling up. And I think this can talk to the idea of you needing to uh, express yourself more, communicate more. I don't know if this is the best story for that, but I definitely see it in this story. I'll go with like a five, just kind of an average rating for me. It didn't, didn't really blow me away, but understand its purpose and need. So with that said, guys, if you want to follow along on this journey, we post videos every Monday and Thursday talk, breaking down various literature from around the world. If you're down for that, make sure you hit that subscribe button to join us. Una out. Peace.